announcement has been paid for by the try something a little different we've recorded a couple of these that i think a handful of people have listened to namely one person over and over um but we're trying this again we're back with q a we are back with we got Q&A. a new format we got a new uh idea on how we want to do things here a new purpose so to speak um basically aaron and i figured out that we, we don't agree we do agree on on several parts of wrestling i think um Anybody who watches enough of it has to agree on certain things, because if you don't, you're just an idiot. But we disagree on some very key points, and so... And it really just comes back to a generational gap, honestly. It, it is. Um, you know, I grew up, I, I still, you know, I, I love the Attitude Era. I love, um, I love, you know, what they did in the Ruthless Aggression Era. I appreciate how good everybody is now, and, and the roster being what it is. And I appreciate, you know, the 15, 20-minute matches that... You know, pretty much everybody can work. I like what's going on in New Japan. But at the end of the day, I still like the old school. I still like old wrestling. I still uh, like WCW. And it goes back to the fact that in the late 80s, you know, I could go to Beckley, you know, 20 minutes down the road and, and see those sure. guys. And and where I got into it was more into the earlier 2000s, the later 2000s, the latter part of the Ruthless Aggression era. Uh, and I guess that's where the differs kind of start. Um, you're more into the WCW, the later ECW, and, and my interest kind of peaked at the tail end of the uh, Attitude Era into the Ruthless Aggression Era. So what we're going to do over the next um, uh, several instances of this, we're going to keep this for a while and then we may shift it from there. Uh, We'll be more regular with this and and hopefully somebody picks us up and listens somewhere. Um, We're going to figure out providers and go from there. But uh, what we're going to do is uh, start and and really what better way to to start with, you know, start with factions. Factions have always played an important part in wrestling um, groups, you know, going back to, you know, wherever you're at territorially, you know, you look in the 80s, you had the Horsemen, you had the Heenan family, um, you had the Dungeon of Doom, you had the original Legion of Doom back in Mid-South. Um, you and know, even gr- now today, you, you look at the more overacts in the company, you got the New Day, um, you had the Shield there for, what was it, three years, two, two and a half, three years, they were running rampant, so and three it's guys. still relevant today. Yeah, so uh, taking a look, you know, looking at factions, not just talking about them as a whole, but specifically looking at uh, two of the most influential groups, two of the most important. I would argue that if you're talking about groups, you're talking about factions, there are three that should come to your mind. Uh, The NWO, uh, the Four Horsemen, probably number one in my opinion. Um, (coughs) But in similarities, the NWO and then D-Generation X. And if you look at all three of those... It's worth noting that each has their own reiteration, multiple reiterations, and that's what kept them relevant so long, and, and that's really what we're going to break down today. And I think anytime you see that, you know, that different version, that different reiteration, as you said, as you put it, um, when you start looking at those, um, you get an understanding that obviously it was successful. Um, WCW, much to its much to its uh, demise, really, uh, kept going back to the well. Um Anytime they had problems, they went back to the uh, went back to the NWO. Let, okay. Let's let's try to bring it back. Yeah. Um, with when, the- when you think about you know going back to the well so much and 
getting criticism for that. I mean, you can't really avoid Hogan there. And that brings it right back to the NWO. Yeah, I, and you know, and we'll get into more details of that. You know, and I look at it the same way. Um, you know, WWE was looking for something a little different. You know, it's kind of stale. Um, you know, and, and towards the end of that ruthless aggre- uh, ruthless aggression and the shifting into the PG era, yeah. and so they were looking for something that was a little stale. They were looking for something new. So what do you you know what's what's the easiest way? It's tried and true in wrestling. Um, it used to be TNA, um, not the company that you have a blind love for but um and it, we will get into that uh, one of these days but you know what pops rating nostalgia uh, people love what's old is new again um you know i obviously if you look consistently on the wwe network the most watched and a lot of that has to do with podcasting yeah. uh the podcast whatever they cover on you know pritchard show bischoff show shawani show but people like the old stuff um you know whether it be you know for me i've been going back and i've been watching 90s wrestling lately and it and 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 for me listening to 83 weeks more often now i'm kind of getting a new interest in wcw one that i never had before so i do you know i do see what the interest was i do see why they were so successful and why they were a legitimate threat to the wwf um and again with the the different uh, interests we have, I am more WWF, where you're more WCW, and that's where, kind of where we draw the line here today for this faction uh, conversation. All right, so uh, let's get started. Um, you know, basically what we're going to do, we'll take several bullet points, we'll kind of draw comparisons uh, to the others. Um, we sort of decide upon what the the major speaking points that we feel like are strengths for us. Yeah. Um, obviously. You know, some are better than others uh, on each side. But um, I'll go ahead and kick us off, man. Um, talking about the NWO, going back to July 96, uh, Bash at the Beach, very famous. Um, you know, their debut, I, I think, that night. First of all, you go back. You go back to Scott Hall in May of 96, coming down the that badass Canadian tuxedo he had yeah. on, the, the the jeans and the jean jacket. Then Larry Zabisco, from, from what I've heard a million times over, um, Scott Hall makes his debut. They didn't call him by name. You know who I am. You know why I'm here. Yeah, and and, and Zabisco says, "Come through the crowd. Look like an outsider," yeah. which is where their name came from. Um, and and interestingly enough, they never really knew what they were going to call him. Um, you know, Bischoff going back to the creation of the NWO, um, they kicked around what they were going to call him and different things. And but um, you know, I think that in and of itself would have been arguably as important as anything to have him show up and then have Nash show up. If you, if you were to take that today, for example, AJ's debut two years ago, if you were to take AJ's debut in 2016 and do that, think about how over that would have been. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the internet, you know? Um, well, think about right now. Obviously, Ring of Honor, you know, Ring of Honor, is, with its relationship with New Japan, is probably the number two. Because mm. um, Impact is, you know, they're trying. Good yeah. for them. I mean, they're trying. Uh, Don Callis and, and uh, Scott Demore and, and, and I, those I guys. Mean, I'll argue till I'm blue in the face that Eli Drake's one of the better heels in the world right now. So, but let's let's look from the New Japan side. Um, Scott Hall was a huge, huge baby face. Sure. Um, and he was a heel, and then he was a huge baby face. Take, I, you know, take Omega, take Okada, take um, Tanahashi. Take any of those guys, Naito, and have them just walk casually, like in the middle of a, a Mojo Raleigh who's got awful. <laughs> have him walk 
We, we may not agree on some things, but we definitely agree that have Mojo him, might be the worst. Have him walk down through the crowd during a Mojo... Um, Kalisto. A Mojo Kalisto match. Have him walk down, grab a microphone, any of those guys, and start talking. Uh, preferably, you know, to cut a promo in English because it's going to be. But, you know, have Omega do that. It, the, it's going to set the wrestling world on fire, and that's what it did in 96. Yeah. The difference between now and then, in my estimation, was um, the internet wasn't what it was. You know, it didn't get. Um, it would be sensationalized. And it may not even be a surprise to this point, but back then, you genuinely didn't know if he was there as Razor Ramon, and that's what yeah. it looked like. So, um, so I think with their debuts, you know, even before you get to Hogan, even before you get to Hogan dropping the leg on Macho, and I still take issue. I love Bobby Heenan. I still take issue with Bobby Heenan's comment as he's walking down the aisle, and Bobby Heenan says, "Well, who's he?" But whose side is he on as he's walking down? Because it did foreshadow it. I get it. Bobby Heenan hated Hulk Hogan. Hated him in the 80s. Um, all over him. Hogan feuded with the whole Heenan family. Actually, Bischoff talked about that today when I was listening to it. Um, is he bothered by it or no? Is he bothered by what? But was Bischoff, Bischoff bothered by Heenan's comment? Or Bischoff, was, it, that's not the, what they were talking about. They were just talking about Bish, or, uh, Heenan's disdain for Hogan. Yeah. As well as Ventura's was what he was talking about initially. <laughs> Which, and I also heard at some point, I guess when Hogan started doing the feather bow and everything, it was a shot at Jesse Ventura. Which, yeah. whatever. Everything's, everything's a rib if anything's taught us. But, you know, I think when you look, and I'll listen, I totally will listen to your side, but I think as far as the debuts, um, I think that Scott Hall coming and then Kevin Nash jackknifing Bischoff. You gotta think, man, you never saw non you didn't you never saw somebody who wasn't a manager or wasn't a, a wrestler taking a bump like that. Bischoff was not a wrestler. Um, you know, he was the president of the company, executive vice president, whatever he was, executive producer. He took a bump off the stage. I mean, that was unheard of at that time. You know, of course in the years to come, every authority figure ever has taken an ass whipping. Yeah. But that was unheard of. Um, but and then from there, you know, Hogan dropping the leg and and you know, cutting the promo, man, and kids crying. I, it was just incredible. I don't think anything. I don't think any definitive debut can top that. I, I honest to God, the closest thing to that to me is not even DX. I think Nexus, the Nexus debut. Oh, it was terrific as well as the Shields debut. So, but anyway, so now I feel that. There's no no question. No question and I, and at I'm all. I'm more than willing to concede that one to you. And that's kind of what I was thinking of going into it. But I will say, when you look at 97, that's that's the transitional period for the WWF. That's, sure. That's when the, the whole Attitude Era is getting its kickstart. You know, you see DX really come into play right as Bret Hart's heading out. You see Vince McMahon cut the promo. We're tired of feeding you the BS and everything. You know? And I feel as if this kickstart of the D of DX being so badass, being so raunchy and everything, that's what the WWF needed to even stay afloat at this point. Um, it's it's worth arguing that Austin was ultimately the the catalyst for the Attitude Era, but DC or DX was right there, um, and you have the best worker in the world in Shawn Michaels, so he's going to do everything he can to get it over, which he did. Were you about to say something? I, I don't dis. I don't disagree with that, and I, I think, I think the importance of Vince as the Mister McMahon character gets totally downplayed. Oh, for sure. Because there is no Austin is a badass, incredible babyface, but the amount of heat going back and watching these older alls, 
Um, the amount of heat. Austin won the title from Shawn Michaels in Boston at WrestleMania 14. The next night, McMahon comes out and has Austin in a suit. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember this or not. Oh, I watched this because uh, Bruce did an episode about it. I watched yeah. it a few weeks ago. He comes out in a suit. He's got the hat on. He goes to climb the turnbuckle. Vince is subtle gesture of putting his hand up and just motion in his hand. You can't see, but motion in his hand like, no, no, we don't do that. Yeah. The amount of heat that was on not only Vince right then, but Austin because, you know, people are stupid and thought that he had sold out that quick was incredible. So I, I don't think Vince gets enough credit. But going back to what you said, I totally understand. They they took an adult they took an adult approach. But why did they do that? Who did it first? The NW did it first, but what we're gonna see here, I'm gonna say DX did it better. Did they do it better? I, I listened to, I watched King of the Ring 98 the other day, yeah. and Triple H was on commentary. It was painful. The 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 extent that they would go to was painful sometimes. And, and it's the banana promo where they put the bananas in their mouth. Yeah. They stripped down. And we're not even going to talk about 2006 tonight. That's just not going to happen. Cause so we're just going, if, if you don't get to talk about, two, if you don't have to talk about 2006, if you get to erase that from everything else, then I get to erase NWO 2000. We'll, we'll go to 2000. I, I will give you I that. get to erase the reincarnation, which could have been good. They had Jeff Jarrett and NWO Silver, they called it. Yeah. Um, which had a cool shirt, but uh, that's it. So while we're, while we're on the subject, going back to debuts, I do want to point out the debut of China. Um, unlike anything you'd seen before. You, you had Sable, you had Sonny. China was completely unheard of at this point, and you had no idea who this was. What she wanted, and when she comes out with DX, I just feel like that, you know, that set the pace for Degeneration X. You have these two cocky, you know, assholes, and then this brute woman, that's their muscle. I, going, okay, so, you know, putting a bow on this, I, I think it's it's fair to say that the debuts, the NW had a more oh, impactful one. Yeah. Um, interesting that you, you went, you know, you went to uh, the China aspect because I feel like. Those are two two factions that everybody's going to compare. Uh, which one's better, NWO or DX? And DX originally with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and then I, Rick Rude. I was going to say I, Rick, Rick Rude. Rude was important, yeah. but China was that X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was something totally different that nobody had ever seen. So I think that that was. I, I, I okay, I'll give you that one. Uh, you know, as far as the debut goes, I think the NWO had the most important one. I think with originality, um, I think. You know, really and truly, over time, you started seeing more. But you got to think, you know, the wrestling world was a lot different in July of 96, you know, than it was in, you know, 97, going into to summer 97, going into late 97. And I'm even thinking September, October 97 at this point. You know, so, um, so you know, I, I think, I, I'll give you that one, though, but I think China was an X factor. So, all right, we're going to catch our breath for a second, um, take a little bit of a break. Um I think, hands down, we got to go with the NWO on the, the debuts, the more impactful debut, yeah. because Triple H Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't have a real debut together. They didn't unveil yeah. the faction. I think, if anything, the night after WrestleMania 14, when the Outlaws destroyed um, LOD and, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie, Terry yeah. Funk and Mick Foley, in the cage, and Waltman came out, and the Outlaws were officially a part of DX, I think that that's probably their, and that's not a, ba- it's not a bad angle. No. But it's not it's not Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, um, big time superstars. And and again, they just lost the best worker in the world at that point. 
to I mean Sean was taking time off so were the were the outlaws and X-Pac decent replacements uh, we'll get into that <laughs> all right we're gonna take a little bit of a break nice Took a breath there. A um, little China action. Um, Aaron even audibly nice on there. Hadn't heard it in a long time. It's man. been a while. Got excited. All right. So, all right. Talking about their debuts. Now, shift shifted focus here, okay? Um, because you talked about the replacements. You, you shifted to. You talked about X Pac. You talked about the Outlaws. Um, and so it kind of brings us to our next point. Um, you know, when you look at factions, I think you're only as strong. I think you're only as strong as your members inside yeah. of it. So when you start looking, and this is, I think, where you, where you and I are going to disagree. So um, we'll just go one by one. We'll go through. When I look at the NWO, if I really, I, I've got to start looking at Scott Norton. And no offense to Scott Norton, he was a badass in Japan, but he didn't do anything in America. Right. Um, you know, he could have, but he didn't. Um, at Wall Street, you know, Mike Rotunda, bless his heart, he's got two good kids, uh, three good kids, if you count Mika. Um, you know, he's, but you start looking at guys like that. Vincent doesn't count. Um, you know, but I want to compare going to the original core of the NWO um, to the members of DX. So, um, you know, looking, and I'll just start so at the top. Sean in this still? I, 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 I think you have to okay. include Sean. I mean, because when you talk about DX, it started with him and Hunter. Okay. So, you know, at the top, I, I don't think you can pick a clear cut winner. Arguably, Hulk Hogan is the most important professional wrestler of all time. And going with that, again, Sean's the best worker of all time. Yeah, and I don't... I think you could... I don't know how you separate Sean from Flair. I mean, I, it's right. hard. And um, Sean is the best big match. I, I, I saw... I've heard this. You know, they talk about, you know, big. It's, everything's got a big fight feel. Every time Sean wrestled, it was special. Mm. It felt special. And uh, that was even through his retirement match with Taker. Well, absolutely. I, I, I think Sean is the best big match wrestler of all time. Sure. So, from that standpoint, um, you know, how do you say you had the first professional wrestler in years, you know, in the, in the modern mass media that just was a cultural icon because Hulk Hogan was a cultural icon. He was a pop culture icon. But did he pose for Playgirl? <laughs> uh, he, with the winged eagle right over his junk. Exactly. He did not. Um, and that's why he's the greatest of all time. But um, he did pipe love the, spun- the Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, though. Who's, who's wife did he? And he was so bloated, man. He was so bloated. <laughs> did you watch the video? No. Shamefully, I did. Um, Hogan talked about how much he ate and then he drank too many Coronas throughout the entire thing. It was... Hey, but he's back in the Hall of Fame. Super so. sexy. He is. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, how could you not? Like, I don't know. Whatever. Um... I mean, I, do we just do we just check that one up? As a, I, I, I just in the air. I, how do you, you know, because I, I could I could make a point for Hogan being the best ever. I can make a point for Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is probably the best in ring, natural, all around performer of all time. I don't disagree with that. Um, I think there's a one A, one B, and a one C probably with that, but whatever. So I think they're a wash. So then I think you go to your next two. So Triple H from the DX side. Um, Hall and Nash had wonderful careers. 
Um, I think Hall Hall could have had a better career had he not had the personal problems. Yeah. I think at one time Hall was as steady a hand as you could get. Um, go back and watch some of his stuff when he was the diamond stud. You've probably never even seen him as a diamond stud other than pictures. Um, heard about it. You know, when he was the Diamond Stud in 92, you know, when he was uh, Big Scott Hall in uh, AWA and tagging well, with Kurt Henning. Nothing up looking as, no, as Ramon. It, but you could see that he had flashes. Yeah. But, you know, he was a guy who could get a good match out of anybody. Probably the best working punch that's ever been in it. I think, uh, I think without Scott Hall, The Rock doesn't punch the way he punches. I think that The Rock's patterned his – and I, I've never heard anybody else say that. Yeah. Um, I've never heard Rock say that he got him from him, but I think um, Scott Hall had the best working punch ever. But he could have been more. Obviously, he had the personal problems, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think Nash, from a career standpoint, his is sort of tarnished by the disaster that WCW kind of turned into with the world title. Um, Nash had some good years. Think um, about how many pushes Nash could have had had he not gotten injured consistently. Um, yeah. I, Even in well, 03. Okay, but that's my thing though. What kind of what was Nash going to do for you in 03? Is he because we'd started seeing a shift. You had Brock, you had Angle, yeah. um, you know, you had RVD working towards the top of the card. Sure. You had Booker who could work. Uh, Booker was, you know, I think 98 Booker T is my favorite Booker ever, but 2002, 2003 Booker was fantastic as well. Um, but I, where did, I mean what what was Nash going to do other than he what was he was going to hold the title for a few months till Triple H was he? Yeah. I mean, was I mean, he going to though? I, I don't know. I, so, but I just think Nash. I think you know Nash was a guy. He's so damn cool, man. Him and Scott Hall were so cool, and everything they did was cool. Um, and so I think they honestly, and, I, and it almost pains me to say this, as Diesel like. Ah, it was cool. He was a badass man. He had the jackknife. It was a cool power bomb. It was a release power bomb. You didn't see it a whole lot. Right. And Scott Hall, you know, was just cool and somehow looked cool with that goofy kind of look that he had. Uh, they look like two guys you want to go hang out with. As an adult right now, I'd love to go. That's, of course, I don't. I wouldn't contribute to Scott Hall's relapse. But you know, as you know, as an adult like those guys back in the day, I would love to sit and have a beer with them. But I just don't think that their career. I think people because they were so cool. And they played such an important role in what they did. I think people think more of it. And totally just shutting my mouth for a minute, Triple H. You know, where do you stand on Triple H's career? Triple H, is, is he not a top three heel of all time? Uh, he's, what is it, 14-time 14, 14 world champ at this at this point? Um, people like to say that he carried around a shovel, which at that, the, that the, was just heat. The golden shovel. He, just had the, I, it he kept that heat. I will argue, and I'll agree with this, I, I think Triple H is – I don't know where he is top five or top 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 five top ten. I don't know where he falls. I really don't. Um, he's on the list, of course. Um, um, his mic work is equally matched with his in ring skill. And I, you know, um, he's still out there doing it. He, he still does entertaining things. He's he's almost fifty years old. He's still doing entertaining stuff. And I don't um, I don't know if you watched the greatest Royal Rumble. The match with Cena was the best match of the night, aside from the Rumble match. Uh, so he's still doing it. That and I just think you know going back to that shovel period. When you start looking at longevity of career, I, Triple H in 2002, people can shit in 2003, people can shit all over it all they want. I didn't have a problem with it. Oh, uh, you know, I go back and watch it all the time. That The Reign of Terror, uh, you can say it's politically charged or not, it was heat and it was good. It was, and, and Evolution was good. Yeah. I enjoyed Evolution. Um, it got over, 
And now, granted, it didn't get the guys over. The guys got evolution over, but Batista and Orton were made out of it. I don't Flair think you could totally. Have picked, you couldn't have handpicked two better for the, that position. Well, no, and and, and, and the the rumor and innuendo was that it was Jindrak. Um, yeah, well, there was actually shot. Yeah. Um, it, it, their entrance actually yeah. had the entrance video. There's Jindrak was still in. They it. made the right call there. Well, they did, and 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 Jindrak was a guy that you know we may talk about one of these days somewhere along the lines um, if we talk about late WCW, but. Um, you know, when you talk about that reign of terror, I don't know. There was nobody else that could have carried it. Could you have given RVD the title? Absolutely. I know you. We'll probably talk about yeah. RVD one day. You could have given RVD was fucking over, man. People loved RVD. And the only the only beef I have with the entire reign of terror, which I know the title needed to go back to to Hunter at some point. You had the Katie Vig story, which was a travesty in its own. <laughs> but but they should have at least put the belt on Kane for. From one pay-per-view well, to another. Well, and, and he could have done that. And then also with Booker T, the racially yeah. charged storyline. Well, you know, yeah. Booker, you know, and Booker was good, man. He He's a good worker. But so could you have broken it up with Kane, Booker, and RVD? Probably, you know, for for um, holding a belt for months. But then again, you do that in that stretch. And I could justify it. Scott Steiner never deserved it, you know, in his feud. Oh. He looked terrible. His drop foot was so bad he couldn't do it. Scott Steiner, 99, sure. Scott Steiner, 2002, 2003, absolutely not. But, you know, had you done that? Having said all this, when you put the belt on Batista Mania 21, that felt special. Well, it did because Triple H had sort of had had it for a while. I mean, even when he didn't have it, he was always near it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I I just think that you you give it to RVD um, at No Mercy or whatever, that September, October stretch where he's feuding with Triple H. At 2003, RVD couldn't carry the, the Raw brand. I mean, he could have had the belt, but Triple H was the face of Raw at that point. I was. I mean, but I'm saying, you give it to him, and then two months later, he loses it. And then you give it to Booker again four months later, and then he loses it back to Triple H. You know, at some point, people are going to get pissed that he's losing it and then getting it back, yeah. losing it and getting it back. So never so lose people, it in the first place. <laughs> people are going to complain yeah. either way. So, um, so I, I think without being stated, I, I, I think you've got Hogan and, and Sean or a draw for importance and then I think Triple H you know it could arguably be mentioned in that same sentence people don't like it because you know he uh, married a boss's daughter but the dude is good man uh, like he I mean, was he was good. over before he was like he was 2000, 2001 he was with China so. I, what, watching watch 97 Triple H as Hunter Hearst Helmsley coming into his own especially working with Mick, Mick Foley and Mankind yeah. and Cactus uh, you know all the iterations that he brought out he could work and, the, so, and then his rivalry with Rock uh, ninety nine into two thousand is one of the best you know yeah. of all time. No, oh, absolutely. So I think okay. So at this point, I think we got a DX one, um, a DX one NWO zero because yeah. it'll wash at the top. But I, I love, I, I truly love Billy Gunn. I don't, I don't think Billy Gunn gets credit. He's dude, the ring winner. Uh, dude still can go. Yeah. I, that had a chance. You know, Billy's six foot five, two hundred sixty-five pounds. I mean, he looks like um, a real. Oh, I, he just looks. I mean, my God, he just looks. I mean, he's a incredible athlete. And I think Jim Ross, every time he wrestled, Jim Ross said one of the best pure athletes in the WWF or whatever. Um, you know, Billy Gunn could go. And then we going into Road Dog yet? Are we saving that for a minute? Well, I, I'm just I'm sort of stuck on the fact that I like Billy Gunn. But his career, was, I mean, he was a tag team guy. He held an Intercontinental title, sure, but he was a tag team guy. He was. Um, um, so his work with with uh, with Road Dog, and then his work uh, with Chuck Palumbo. That was which Billy Joe. It was. Yeah. But I, you can't. And then Road Dog, bless his heart, uh, entertaining. 
absolutely oh, yeah. entertaining. I think he's one of the the bigger personifications of the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, because Endring took a back seat to his character, to his promo. Um, he was great with a mic, obviously. I mean, everything he said, people said with him. Um, I kind of look at, you know, Conan was the WCW version of Road Dog. Anything Conan said when he had a microphone, people repeated. Same thing with Road Dog. Road Dog was just better at it. But you, you can't sit here for one second. And try to tell me, though, that Billy Gunn or Road Dog, either one, had a better career than Holler Nash. Absolutely not. But, I mean, again, going back to Triple H, he did. Either one of them. So, I don't know how you want to chalk that one up. Okay, so I think Triple H had the best career, because I think we, we've wiped the top. Yeah. Triple H had the best career. I think Hall and Nash were both better than any accompaniment of Road Dog, Billy Gunn, and X-Pac. And, and X-Pac, X-Pac has a weird place in wrestling history. What are your thoughts as somebody who didn't see the Attitude Era? Uh, you did on saw the tail end. Very tail end. The first main event I've ever seen in person. I've told you this is at the Beckley Convention Center. It was X Pac versus Rikishi, which is a hell of a main event for a for an indie show. For an indie Beckley, show, two thousand five, uh, two thousand six. Yeah, um, X Pac. It's interesting. Like he wasn't that great in the mic, from what I've seen. Right. Um, but he could he could go in the ring, you know. He, his his iterations one two three kid, uh, as six as X Pac, even as Sean Waltman, like he's been able to stay relevant through the years, hey. and I think that that's overshadowed constantly through history. It has. I, I'm sort of as a as a younger fan. Uh, I liked one two three kid. Um, he was a made man when they did the crybaby thing with uh, Razor. If you think and, about. The top ten moments in Raw history, that's there. That's in the top oh, absolutely. 10. And then he went twenty minutes with Bret Hart for the title, yeah. and and Bret made him, you know. Um, and 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 people forget, man, when he came into the WWF as X Pac in '98. Like, I'm gonna find out. At, like, he was young. He was a young man. You know I mean, what I mean? Still, he could compare. He's to still. What, I mean, he's still in the business. He could still be like he could still be able to go in the he WWE was, now. He was twenty. 25 years old. In 98. Almost 26. In yeah, he didn't turn 26 until July. So he came in in March of 98. He was 25 years old. Man, that's crazy. I mean, the dude was 25 years old at that point. Um, you know, and he had been six. He'd been a cruiserweight champion. Um, had a nice little run. right into the light heavyweight, too, like round 2000. Yeah. yeah. I mean, had a, ni- had a nice little run with a, had some, a good match with Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. The. Absolute disaster that NWO sold out was in '97. Um, you did get a uh, Eddie Guerrero uh, six uh, ladder match that was great. Um, was, one, of my, one of my favorite tag teams of all time is his tag team with Kane, uh, his championship reign with Kane. I'm not going to talk about the X Factor because that was terrible. Uh, with uh, was it Albert? Uh, yeah, and um, uh, Matt Bloom now running NXT, and then uh, just incredible. I <laughs> do you know? Um, speaking of total sidebar, do you know that? Uh, Waltman turned down the Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a song for them because he wanted to go with Uncle Cracker. For that, that uh, it's God's honest truth. I have seen hit that. I have. I can't remember if I read that from his Twitter or if I heard him say it in, a, in somewhere. <laughs> but he did, and he. I mean, he made a joke. He's like, ah, hindsight's a bitch, isn't it? That wasn't but, getting over anyway. So, so X Pac is. He was interesting, man. Um, he was over. Xbox one of those that were in both too. Well, they, yeah, yeah, and so he's he's interesting. Um, he was very important to what the NWO was doing. 
um, when they got started. I mean, because he had the he he did the crotch chop before anybody else did. Yeah. I mean, he originated the crop chop, the, the crotch chop, the, the the Bronco Buster, which I didn't care for. I understood that it was you know supposed to be sophomore work and whatever else, but I didn't like it. Um, I will say he was one of the first ones to pull a good match out of Shane, which. We've since learned Shane could have a, a good match with the, you know this freezer beside us, but you, you look back at some of his first matches with Pac, and those were phenomenal. They were, I, you know, I don't know. I just I think when you look overall, you know, X Pac, he developed such bad. You know, they still to this day uh, call it Go Away Heat. They call it the, a Go Away Heat is X Pac Heat, um, which I, interestingly enough is what I think they're trying to do to Roman Reigns right or uh, uh, Brock Lesnar right now. I think they're trying to give him Go Away Heat. Um, I think they're shitting on him week in and week out as a part of a storyline to give him go away heat just in case Vince can't keep him. You sure heard that heat he got in Pittsburgh? Well, uh, you were there. Angle did the uh, Angle did the thing where he said, "I'm giving Brock the ultimatum for tomorrow night on Raw. He's either defending it or SummerSlam, or he's giving it up." That entire place booed when he said Brock Lesnar. So it's working. All right. So looking at their careers, I'm inclined to say that. Sean and Hogan were were the best. Yeah, Triple H is under, and then I think when you look at it for the overall longevity, I think the NWO had better individual careers. That's my my thoughts. I don't know. If if we, I just I can't argue that, but I can argue that what Sean and Hunter did as the like the original members are much more substantial than anything Hall and Ash did, and that's not going off X Pac, and that's not going off the extended NWO members. I'm going with the the base three for this, and I'm saying that I mean I I really don't know. What you else think his whole Sean and Hogan or Sean and uh, Hunter had the two best careers out, out of, of anyone other than Hogan yeah. in the NWO? Is I'll give you that. that, that I, okay, I'll give you that one. So I think I'll talk that one up to you. I'm not fully sold on it, but I, I'll I'll talk it up to you. All right, so we'll catch our breath. Sure. Second point down. Uh, this one's just for you. I, I just want you to know. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. I got everything high up and and I'll never Yo. get that back. Yo. Oh, I know you hate that X Factor, but you ain't got to look at me like that. I said you ain't got to look at me like that. I know you're watching. What you doing, man? Man, that song used to get stuck in my head. Bad or not, it used to get stuck in my head. Ooh, that's that's a hot one. <laughs> it's uh, man, there's some bad themes in wrestling. I mean, it really is. But um, interesting choice, Red Hot Chili Peppers. What's dude. the worst one today? What's the worst one that comes to mind for today? The worst theme music. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and throw a No Way Jose at you. The repetitive no way. Oh, can't do it. It's bad. Yeah. And uh and the way they say way, it sounds like whey protein. No <laughs> way. No way. Um I don't know, man. I can't um I don't like Bailey's either. I Whatever. I mean it fit. It fit when she was in NXT and she was Well she fit when she was in NXT. Ah, now she what did. is it? I don't know, man. All right, what's the next talking point? What are, what are we going to now? All right, so I, I think, you know, we, we mapped this out, and I think, um, you know, the length of the run, I, we had kind of that list. And I, I think we dropped this to four, though. I, I think the length of the run, um, you know, I think the more impactful, I think the NWO was more impactful for a stretch than anybody was. There was no D. I don't, 
if you try to disagree with me on this, you're stupid. There would be no DX without the NWO, and you know that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that the overall original runs of each group, I think it was more impactful if you only look at the first year yeah. for, for the NWO, for what they did. I mean, they're what set Nitro on fire. They started a wrestling boom. Without the NWO, there would be no DX. There would have been no uh, Hill McMahon putting himself on TV. I really don't think so because they were so desperate to combat that. And admittedly, Bischoff did it first. You know? you yeah, they did. Um, going into to 2000, when you see, and well, early 98, when you see the new DX, that, that run from 98 to 2000 was incredibly impactful on the WWF. Uh, okay, but you're including, see now, I, I will disagree with you. I think 98, I, I don't, it was fun. Their feud with the nation was fun. That's, I mean, that was because, the attitude era. Because of Rock. Yeah. I, Rock carried so much of that. And by God, I will say this right here, right now, and I've got Amazon delivering him to me. D'Lo Brown was underrated. He, he's the original flagjack. D'Lo <laughs> Brown is being delivered. Maybe himself. I don't know. He's not doing anything else. Um, I, I may have. I may. D'Lo Brown may be sitting on my porch right now. But I need um, to see that. Um, but I've got. You know, I, I'm that big of a dork. Um, but anyway, you know, I, the nation was fun. That feud with DX. I, but I just don't. You know, the NWO was at the top of the card. Always, yeah, and and the DX and DX was more of a mid card. It was, I mean, Triple H elevated out of that. I don't count. I, I think, I think I give this one to the NWO, and the reason I do is because DX didn't matter to me in the the McMahon. And I hated the name, the McMahon Helmsley era. I hated DX being involved in that. I just didn't like it. That two thousand, at two thousand stretch, man. When they broke up, it was bad. And they ultimately got back together. They did. They brought them back together as yeah. heels. You know, X Pac and, and Road Dog uh, worked together with China with them. Billy Which Gunn as a heel were good matches. They weren't bad. Yeah. They really weren't. I mean, Billy Gunn as a heel could have been better. I just don't. I, you know, they gave him that run with the Rock. Was this SummerSlam '99 where Rock? You know, and he put poison ivy all over his yeah. ass and everything. Yeah. Was this SummerSlam '99? But my name's Billy. Well, uh, that's a burial right there. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I just, you know, and I think Billy Gunn was always going to be a tag team guy and a mid-card guy. But I, I just think That's that, why he and, he and uh, Red Dog work so well. well yeah, absolutely. It was I mean, the mouth and the in-ring ability. Yeah. And so, I I don't know, man. I, I just, taking that McMahon-Helmsley era out, and the NWO was bad. The Going Wolf Pack, into the I can't, I can't be mad. I can never be mad at splitting the NWO up and everything else. Yeah. Because of the Wolfpack theme, because I mean, that was like the greatest music ever. The, the longevity, you know, it was so. It, I mean, it was so big for the for uh, NWO. I'm gonna let this one ride. Like, you can't. Come on. That's good. Like, that's probably. The, come on. Are we arguing music? No, 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 no. So no, because because they would lose. I mean, because the Wolfpack is the, they had the, the best. NWO. And Hogan used Voodoo Child. Voodoo Child was badass. When you said the NWO was always in the the main event, I mean, is that always a good thing? Is, is no, that, I'm not saying it, it was. was I, it was the the NWO focal point being so consistent. That it was. It, I mean, that that helped really, kill the com- that helped yeah. kill the company. Yeah. Um, I just think I I, I think and and we can get off of this one because I just don't you know. 
But I, I think the overall imp, I think the longevity of their run, they were both poor. Uh, DX was shorter yeah. <laughs> in the run, and so I think almost by default, uh, it's kind of better. But I think if you look, if if you if you say first six months, first year in existence, which one had more impact? I think the NWO without question. The NWO, I mean, <laughs> without without meaning to breathe new life into the WWF. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, they forced their hand. They helped him, but they hurt him. And Hill Hogan was fantastic. I don't care what anybody says. Hill Hogan was wonderful. He was so cheesy, 1970s, going to a live event wrestling show. Um, Hogan yelling at old ladies in a crowd was great. Um, you know, picking a fight with the grandmas. Awesome. Loved it. Um, Hogan coming out to Voodoo Child. I, I don't think people – he gets enough credit. Hogan with the blonde mustache – and then the black, the horribly, horribly colored black beard. Hey, don't was, knock it. I, I want to do that so bad. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm not making fun of it. It was cheesy. It was over the top. It was goofy. But my God, did it look great um, for that. I mean, it was just, I enjoyed it. So I'll give you this one. Um, the next talking point, though, I think I'm going to have to take it. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll take a, what you were calling it, a breathing break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just, catch our breath. Just, just catching our breath, yeah. man, because this is, you know, we're, we're going fast. You know, we, we've recorded for a long time. Uh, on others, we're, we're trying to um, we're trying to shorten these up a little bit on, on certain ones, um, and this is just kind of a trial run. And we just really, really hope that somebody listens to this. Yeah, we just hope somebody um, listens. I don't know how we're going to get this out. We'll work on that. But by God, listen to it. Tell your friend you listen to something. It was interesting. Um, disagree with us? I don't care. Shit all over it. It's fine. Just do something. Though, give us that it. attention. Yeah, you know, give us give us that attention if nothing else. Um, but yeah, we'll take a breathing break. Um, and uh, we'll be right back. NWO wins music. If we did music, NWO wins it because Hogan coming out to look. If you are at a basketball game and you hear that "Are you ready?" If you're at a a baseball game or you're at a football game and you hear that "Are you ready?", you're gonna mark out a little bit. A little bit, but let me listen to Jimmy Hendrix. Though, come on, man, let me listen to this. And then think about Hogan, you know, standing there. Well, you saw me just now. I strum. I strum my Uh, heavyweight belt. You did. You know, he's talking about chopping it on the edge of his hand. You got Hogan in the fingerless gloves, like looking. Oh man! Anyway, all right, moving on. Um, a couple of quick hitters, man. I, I, and you jotted this down, and, and this is interesting. Um, which the biggest pop culture, the pop culture impact, or the the biggest tie-in to the to the outside world? Well, you see, at this time, you saw wrestling in the mainstream. Unlike any other time. In 96. The, the NWO shirts, the D-Generation X shirts. Well, I, you look. And, Austin and, 316, of course. Which I almost wore today. I almost yeah. wore an Austin 316 shirt just because I could. Um, I'm not at work right now, so I can wear wrestling shirts and be a dork. Um, 
Okay, so going back to the, the pop culture thing, I, it all goes back to, to McMahon. I think McMahon started that. Uh, yeah. You know, he wanted to make it a spectacle. He brought in the celebrities, the rock and wrestling things in the mid '80s. But when you start looking at this era and you start looking at 96, 97, McMahon never fell out of love with celebrities. No. Um, he always wanted to be that. He always used them. Pam Anderson, Jimmy uh, uh, McCarthy at WrestleMania and different athletes, stuff. Athletes, professional athletes. Lawrence Taylor, main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. And a good match with Bam Bam because Bam Bam was the man. What was but, the title match that year? Huh? D's won Sean. Should have made that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not so sure. I, I think Macaulay Culkin may have even been in. I think Macaulay Culkin uh, from Home Alone, yeah. um, Pam Anderson, and Jenny McCarthy were all involved in that main event somehow. Amazing. Anyway, different time. A different, different world. But going back, I think the biggest celebrity impact that you had on professional wrestling, i got to give the edge to DX with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, you know, having wearing the DX shirt – the, the, the promo with Austin, Austin punches him in the face, that's gold. You know, that set everything on fire. It was on SportsCenter, obviously, consistently on ESPN. And Mike Tyson calling him Cold Stone. Cold, yeah, Cold Stone, baby. Um, that was more of a Dusty Rhodes. You I did. Guess. You threw a baby in there. <laughs> uh, Bruce Pritchard would be proud of that. Well, listen here, baby. Uh, Mike Tyson, 1998, obviously he turns on DX at, at Mania. But that was huge. Yeah, you know, I going back and rewatching some of that stuff at the press conferences they did. Yeah. Uh, what what was it? The uh, outside press conference they did where Sean went back and threw his temper tantrum in the, yeah. the limo. Yeah. Tyson's right there, and you know you get all this attention on what's going on with with Sean and Austin for that main event. I just don't think the NWO really stacked up to that with Dennis Rodman. No, and Rodman being there was a big deal, but I think I, I, part of that still goes back, and you listen to Shivani. I know you don't listen to Shivani's podcast. I know you don't listen to Shivani's podcast that much, but going back to that, and, and they're right, and you know, every time Vince does anything with any celebrity, you see it on the air five million times. Ad, ad yeah. nauseum. Yeah. I mean, you're like, God, quit he's showing doing, a clip. He's signed, and he's still doing it with Rousey. Oh, absolutely. Today, yeah. yeah, why wouldn't he? Of course. You know what I mean? Uh, DDP gets <laughs> gets razzed on a little bit by nobody puts over DDP more than DDP. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, like, if you don't put yourself out there, nobody else is going to. So mm-hmm. McMahon has lived by that motto. By God, put it out there. So... I think to WCW's fault, they didn't. They didn't. You know, they had Rodman, which was a big deal. They had Shaq at, and if you go back and listen at to Bash Asian, at the Beach in 94 with that's, Hogan. That's the podcast I just finished today. And if you go back and listen, Bischoff wanted Tyson long before he, uh, yeah. before 98. Well, and, and, and w, see, WWE, Tyson was a, was a um, you know, that was their, their great white whale yeah. because they wanted him in 90. And then Tyson screwed around, got knocked out by Buster Douglas, and Buster Douglas ended up being Tyson was going to be a referee for Saturday night's main event. You probably don't know that he was going to be a referee for Saturday night's main event with Hogan. So they wanted Tyson going back for some years. Then Tyson does the thing that you know was the best and worst thing for his career. He bites on a Vander Holyfield ear goes crazy. He's as, um, he's as hot as he's ever going to be in '98. Well, hell yeah, he is. I mean, he's so, serving a suspension. What else is he going to? Yeah, do? serving a boxing suspension. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, he. So McMahon did that, and Bischoff will tell you that when he looked at USA Today because he did want Tyson, he knew what he knew that he was screwed when he saw that Tyson was going to be on there. So I think hands down the celebrity impact. Look, don't get me wrong. Like it was fun. I watched the fact I, that they had a tag match with Dennis Rodman and Karl Malone after the finals. 
That's fantastic. That's well, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. But I, I mean, and it was on like they did, and then they did the Jay Leno show, and that was fun, man. Everybody watched the Tonight Show. A uh, lot of buys for Road Wild '98 when Jay Leno wrestled. A lot of buys for Road Wild '98. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, everybody watched the Tonight Show. Everybody did. Everybody watched the Tonight Show. Everybody watched Letterman. So it was a big deal, but it didn't have the mainstream lasting appeal that Mike Tyson did. I mean, Hill Rodman showed up a bunch of times with the NWO. If you um, go back on the network today and watch watch Tyson, you know, give the crotch chop, and even in the match when he takes off that DX shirt as a yeah. referee, that pop. Well, that's a pop. I, I still, to me, as a fan, there's several moments, and it, it, I laugh thinking about being on a mat, and I think about, you know, McMahon, they create moments, and they're not so worried, and I think it's more... Oh, he's puke. He's puke. (laughs) The aggressive way that he drank the water, the the arrogant, (laughs) aggressive way that he drank that water still makes me laugh to this day because I took a power drink of water. But um, it makes me laugh. But anyway. He's got to do it. All right. uh, Poor old Draws, man. It wasn't D-Lo's fault. Anyway, um, do you know that's what happened to Draws? Yeah. Um, Anyway, going back to that, I, I think that the lasting, I mean, as a fan, thinking about the moments, the lasting moments in my mind, um, Rock and Hogan not looking at each other at WrestleMania 17 in Toronto is incredible. Hogan slamming Andre. Um, you know, there's several moments. i got to give the plug seven years ago today, the mark that I am. That scene of Punk holding the belt. Punk holding the belt while sitting down. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan holding up both titles. Goldberg holding up the U.S. Yeah. and world titles in, in July 6, 1998. Um, you know, all of those are huge. But I think just as much as anything, Steve Austin with a ring full of people telling Mike Tyson, you may be um, uh, the, world's ba- the, the world's baddest man. But you're looking at the world's toughest son of a bitch and drawn out, and then that, pushes that shove him. And that, and that, oh, that and hesitated then, and then the, just the disaster that it was, and then you know McMahon losing his mind. You'd seen McMahon, you know McMahon started becoming a heel by not being a heel. You know Brett screwed Brett. He wasn't being a heel. He was coming out and telling what he thought was the truth. But then he was, you know, you ruined everything. You ruined everything in Austin. That was. Incredible. Yeah. And then and, they went to the well on that 10 years later with uh, Mayweather. Well, they did. I, and it, it wasn't nearly what that was. It was fun, though, yeah. and it got attention. WrestleMania is such a spectacle now. But, um, you know, it was fun. And, and I, I just think, though, Tyson was – that was the biggest thing ever. Um, I, I, so, I think the pop culture – I think I think WWE got it right at WWF. I hate when people. Do. I hate when I'm listening to something now and they talk about WWF in the '90s and they call it WWE and I find myself doing that. It makes me mad, but um, I think that they got it right. It's because they, you know, they're a media machine. They're a media machine, and they they are way more now than they were then. But um, I just think they got it right. The next thing, Chad, merchandise. You see the you see the DX or at that time you saw the DX shirts everywhere. You saw the NWO shirts everywhere. I st- what still sells though. Oh, the NWO. And, th- and this was all kind of lumped together as, as pop sure. culture. So, um, I, I think that the, the NWO... The two shirts of all time, obviously, NWO shirt, Austin awesome 316. And Austin awesome 316. Yeah, the just simple black, white lettering. Um, you know, I don't own a single DX shirt. I, I did years ago, you know. You know, I had... I went to a live show in 06. And I, I know we're not talking about 06, because I don't... 
I don't really remember much about 06 at all. Let's just not talk about it. No, I do. Um, I went to a live show in Charleston and saw a shirt with a chicken on it. I had my mom's money in my pocket, and so I bought, bought it. And I bought well, it. Sure, but that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. As a you know twenty something right now, though, if you're going to buy a nostalgic shirt, what are you going to buy? Between the NW and Degeneration X. I mean, what? It just if you get online and you're thinking, man, I'm going to go back and I'm going to hold a, I'm going to buy an old wrestling shirt I to mean, wear out in public. Probably awesome three sixteen. Probably. Yeah. What, what, are you, Are you going to get a shirt as a grown man that says "suck it" on the back? Absolutely not. <laughs> are you going? Would you wear an NWO shirt, Zach? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just probably think, the, probably the Wolfpack shirt though, because well, cool. the red is cool. Uh, matter of fact, I'm getting ready to design a Oak Hill High School at OHHS, and they'll probably send me a cease and desist. But give me that medium. Um, well, at OHHS, and it'll say Red Devil Football, and then on the back, it'll have the original Wolfpack because at the back says uh, Bad has arrived and it's here yeah. to stay, or say we have arrived and we're here to stay. So uh, just that a badass. Yeah, absolutely it is. But anyway, um, going back to that. I think merchandise, I think the NWO absolutely won. DX yeah. sold a lot of shirts, man. Everybody sold a lot of shirts in the late 90s. The uh, You saw wrestling shirts everywhere you went. Even the Brahma Bull. Yeah, that's iconic today. It is. It is. Um, you know, I, I, in my, when wrestling wasn't cool anymore um, in the mid-2000s, and I was playing ball, you know, early 2000s, yeah. and I was playing ball and I was running all over the places, bouncing across, um, you know, I still, I, I still had, you know, I, I probably still had an NWO shirt, but I wore rock shirts. I, I lifted a lot of them. I had to cut the sleeves off of because you know. And he's um, got a badass line now. Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, I had a, one of my favorite shirts, man, and I, I wore it. Um, I wore it till it literally just fell apart. It was uh, his hit it strong, hit it fast. You know, on the front said hit it strong, on the back said hit it fast. And I wore it to lift in for years, man. That thing traveled, you know, different countries with me, uh, state to state. I, I kept that shirt with me everywhere. Well, I've told you this before, but I, I will never let go that I had the do your spit or swallow Carlito shirt. Ugh. With the Terrible. apple on the front. Anyway, the, the, the shirts. Have you, seen, gonna, you, you watch Glow? Glow? Yeah. On the first season? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've watched Carlito's it. gigantic. Dude, Morrison looks insane on that show, and he's uh, and he still looks out of his mind. Oh, he's the man. Though. Yeah, one uh, legit, one of the nicest guys of it. He uh, there's a short list. He and Tommy Dreamer are near the top of it. Like legit nicest guys in the world. Like I can still remember sitting the first time I ever met him. Like me and him, um, we're, we're sitting there, and he's like super, like. Oh man, I don't really like to drink because you know I don't I don't believe in getting empty calories from like because you look at him obviously shredded and he's like this guy's never had a bad thing. Morrison said that. Yeah, like man, I don't like the empty calories. I'm like, oh god, like I didn't know if I was well, gonna like him or not. That makes me feel like a, it, a piece. Yeah. PCOS. So then we're sitting there and and then we we end up ordering. He's like, you know what, man, forget it. He and I sit there and we split like cheese fries and wings and like me and him just sit there and talked. Um, and, and enjoyed some empty calories on the liquid side of it, but um, do you, uh, just a just an awesome guy, man. You ever watch Wrestling with Regret on YouTube? No. Brian Zane's E-Man Brian Zane. That's a cool series to follow. He does like some of the corny movies, like he did Thunder in Paradise, and he just reviews stuff like that. Yeah. He re- he reviewed Morrison's movie last week, and Morrison was actually on the show just dogging it and just being a good sport <laughs> about it. He, you know, man, I, I'm serious, man. He's really, uh, I think he he just got remarried, didn't he? Um, just got remarried to. Taya Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie. Yeah. Impact, baby. Yeah. But um, 
she was, uh, I think her real name's Kira Foster. I've met her once, and I think it, I get tattooed been when she was in developmental. I'm going to uh, tell you right now. I met two. Uh, Chuck Palumbo. I met Chuck Palumbo in Charleston, and I met Heath Slater. So that's a solid list for me. <laughs> talked to Heath. Um, talked to Heath the other day. We were trying to arrange a Carowinds trip. Didn't work out. Um, his schedule makes it hard for anything to work out. Um, but at least he still got the schedule. He does still have a schedule. I still to this day, when um, people we talk about our wedding and everybody talks about their wedding dates the and how uh, you weren't. Um, but anyway, we talk about our wedding and like yeah, we got married on Thursday. Like who the hell gets married on a Thursday? Well, when you've got WWE superstars in your wedding, you get married on a Thursday because they're travel days. Um, you know, Wednesday and Thursdays are their days off. So, still to this day, no matter what brand they're on, Wednesday, Thursdays are days off. So, yeah. anyway. But, uh, pop John, culture. Moore, John Moore's a good guy. I, I just think we'll, pop culture, we'll, we'll I, think from the, I think from the celebrity side of it, WWE got it right. I think merchandise, NWO got it right. Sure. So, that's that's 3-2 now? Uh, it's, if uh, we're keeping score? Uh, yeah. If we're, um, if we're keeping score, sure. Now, I, I think... You know, the influence, we've already talked throughout, you know, the influence of the wrestling business. Um, I, we both have, you know, clearly said that if there wasn't an NWO, there would be no DX. Um, but I think now, the, the legacy, man, what's, who had the bigger impact on professional wrestling as a whole? And my kind of perspective on all of this is individual careers, which we, we've done that. The legacy of individual careers, I think, without hesitation, excluding excluding Hogan, it's DX. Uh, as far as Michaels and and Triple H and even China, um, you, you think about today. She's a revolutionary. She's a trailblazer. She was. Um, and if you you know if you put her up against Holler Nash, obviously, see or uh, Kevin Nash has had a ridiculous career. Um, but. Is China more important to the business than Scott Hall was? Oh, it's such a weird comparison. Such a weird comparison to make. Um, you know, she ushered in that. Obviously, we hear about the women's revolution. I think China is probably one of the most influential people who never gets any credit. Um, going and doing the things that she did after wrestling, obviously hinder that viewpoint yeah. of her um which is unfortunate you know it's sad that that's what people associate it with but it is i mean it is what it is she was on the uh, i think she was on the right path there towards the end i, I maybe you know it seemed to be but I, I think she was very important to the business i think she i don't think she could have been what she is in any other era i think that it had to be in that attitude era i think that you know the signs that you know Sean and Hunter held up. You know, and she's just I'd big bush. I'd, yeah. I'd rather be in China and different things. And you know, I, I she was um, God. She was important to what they did then. Um, I don't know how to answer that. I, I don't know if there's an answer of whether she's more important than Scott Hall. And that's I, something I, I under- we're gonna run into multiple times. You know, I, there are just so many like things that we can compare and go back and forth on that. We'll never agree on, but for me, China is more important to the business as a whole than Razor Ramon, than Scott Hall. I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think when you look at it, 
from when you look at it as a whole, though, I understand that Sean and Hunter had two really great careers. But I think as the faction, if you break them down individually, sure. But if you look at it, what was more important to the business? The NWO ignited the Monday Night Wars. So I think the NWO is the most important faction of all time from that standpoint. If we're and obviously uh, they are incredible. They ignited the the Monday Night Wars and everything. The legacy of the NWO to some will always be that that's one of the reasons WCW died. Sure. And you know that's that's overlooked. I, if you want to focus on the positives, you want to be an optimist. Sure. The the focal point being the focal point of WCW, Hogan's booking, Nash's booking of the NWO. You know that's that was pretty detrimental. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Kevin's old a book though. Let's say this: not Hogan's booking so much as Hogan's creative control. That's what I mean. Um, you know the famous line is, "It doesn't work for me, brother." You know, that, that, have you ever heard Have you that? listened to the Bash of the Beach uh, 2000 episode of 83 Weeks? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's good. Um, you know, and they do such a great job uh, with those podcasts, which is sort of, you know, everybody has a wrestling podcast, and everybody has had one, and everybody's barred something, so we're trying to... Conrad Thompson is the best in the game. Um, absolutely. But, you know, I think as an overall, an overall importance, I think the NWO has it. I, I just... But it's like, like with anything, if you're a really, really good bullfighter, what's going to ultimately, if that's what makes you famous, it's going to kill you too. You're yeah. going, you're going to be killed by a bull. And I, I think that WCW thrived with the NWO and then died with that because they can never get out of their own way. I do think it's a little more closer than than you're, you know, you're letting on. I will say the NWO, obviously, the legacy is more, much more important than what DX's was, but DX just kind of set all these these balls into motion. You know, Sean's retirement, the the McMahon Helmsley faction, ultimately the Reign of Terror. All this starts from the push that you know Hunter got in DX. Uh, I just I think the legacy of the NWO is more important to wrestling as a whole, but I think the legacy of the D, of DX should never be overlooked. I don't think it needs to be overlooked. I, I I think that had Triple H not had the tremendous career that he had. DX would be nothing but a mid-card act that had a lot of jokes. But at the same time, if you look at it on the other side, if you don't include Hogan in the NWO, right. it's not nearly as successful it's as still it the is. Outsiders. I mean, it's, it's the outsiders. And it was good. I think you take... Because Mabel was the third man. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, you take the top guy from each, I think the NWO is still more impactful as a yeah. whole. But... You know, I, I, it's an interesting debate. I think the NWO set the tone for everything. We wouldn't even be having this discussion um, if it wasn't for the NWO. You know, I, I don't think we would ever compare DX and the Four Horsemen because no. um, the Horsemen was fantastic. Um, if the Horsemen were fantastic, man, they were, they were good. Um, you didn't see the Horsemen stuff. I saw bits and pieces of the Horsemen stuff. You saw it later, probably in stuff that you've watched. But the original Horseman run was fun. Um, but it's interesting, man. Factions are important. Um, going back to what you just talked about, though, total sidebar. Now that we've we've wrapped this up and decided the NWO was better than DX, um, and officially confirmed. On the record, I still prefer DX. I don't know how you could prefer. Anyway, what's your defining moment for DX? I'm just going to ask you this. It'll be the last thing we'll talk about with this. What's your defining DX moment? Is specifically one. Uh, the formation, I can't, you can't just name one. And wow. I, I don't, I'm not going to expect you to ask one. What's yours for the NWO? Hogan dropping the leg? Hogan, uh, Hogan dropping the leg. 
or the backstage brawl with Nash lawn darting Ray into the trailer. You want to know my defining moment for DX? The black, the black face with Nation Domination. Have you watched it recently? Oh, I've, I've watched it. It doesn't it's, age well it, at all. Nor is it fun. I don't know that. It's was it funny, funny then? It's funny. I don't. Man, I was like fifteen then. Six, fifteen or sixteen. It wasn't funny then. I just think the croc. Oh my god, that's good. I don't that's know. Good. I like Triple H. I really do. I don't know that Triple H is funny. No. I don't know. I, like in all the stuff he's done. The funniest thing Triple H has ever done to me, I think probably the funniest thing was when him and Shawn Michaels were sitting backstage and Maria's interviewing him. She was doing her really, really stupid airhead gimmick. Do you remember this? Yeah. And she says, he says, we got, well, then we've got two words for it. She's like, what's that? And he whispers it. And she's like looking real confused. And so then he reaches. And he's like, well, I'll show you. Maybe a visual <laughs> aid. That that was hilarious. Somebody wrote that for him. Look. But I just like when Triple H was out there talking with DX. Like I just don't. I don't know. The the 2006 when they came out as Vince and Shane, that was hilarious. that was kind of funny. That the, was funny. Shawn Michaels bouncing around as, yeah. as Shane was funny. I don't know, man. I just I, I think you know we live in a time where you look at wrestling in moments. Um, you just don't. You got them in, tim, in imitating the nation. I, you know, for better or worse. You know, the NWO standing, like, Sting standing across from a ring full of the NWO is a moment that's that was made impactful because of the importance of the NWO. I'm not arguing that that was more impactful. I no, just no, think I'm if, just if saying. If I have to think of a moment that defines D-Generation as X as a whole, it's that. It's, it's the, Yeah, I mean, I, and, I, and I guess it would ha- the, the default would have to be. But don't you think that's probably... Indicative too of the difference between WWF 1998, 1999, then WCW 96, 97. Yeah. Because I think the matches were secondary. WCW was world famous for having really, really strong opening matches and an undercard, and then a terrible main event that didn't pay off um, with super big name guys who were going through the motions. WWF, you know, didn't really have, they had appealing main event matches. In that it was a bunch of guys who hadn't main evented outside of Undertaker in the Attitude Era, um, and and it were they were brawls that were relied heavy on gimmicks. WWF's hook was the talk and everything that was going and on. And at that time, WWF's main event guys were guys that had established themselves as mid carders in WWF or in WCW. In WCW, Cactus Jack, yeah, Stunning Steve Austin. Well, and that's what kind of makes me laugh, man. Um, you know, total sidebar tangent. We'll, we'll wrap this up in a second. Um, I've not watched Table for Three with Bischoff, uh, Pritchard, and JBL. We watched it yet? Yeah. Watching it tonight. Okay, so the, the bit every, everybody's up in arms, and and this got this was a horrible, horrible fight on eighty three weeks. With the, you and I both heard that with Conrad basically asking Bischoff or Bischoff saying that <laughs> he didn't steal Vince's stars and Ver, Vern Gagne made Hulk Hogan and Vern Gagne made oh, Hulk Hogan, which is just totally it makes me laugh. I Man, I love Eric Bischoff, but that makes me laugh. But on the flip side of that, honestly and truly, I don't think people look at it enough. Vince obviously stole every territory star. I don't think steal is the right word. I mean, I guess it's the only word yeah. for it. He, but, you know, he took stars from everywhere. He gave everywhere opportunity. Else. Yeah. Bigger opportunity. Go. Yeah. He gave $1, $1 contracts yeah. is what he gave. But, um, you know, you, you, exactly what you said. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, you know, worked in the mid-card. Stunning Steve Austin. Mean Mark Callis. Um, Terrorizing. 
that terrorizing low card. That, that was your main event, WWF guys. You know, the homegrown The Rock was homegrown. Um, Shamrock was, Shamrock, you know, right. Shamrock was, you know, a step below. Yeah. Owen was their own guy. But your major, major player, Vader, Vader was made a star by WCW, and Vader was in the main event. Those guys were made stars. You know, they learned to work in WCW, which is what I think is important. Austin, it gets lost in a shuffle. Austin was a hell of a, a hell of a worker. Um, he didn't have to work like that when he got to the WWF. Right. So, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, those guys were made. All right. So, what do you want to talk about next time? Um, I, what do we want to go with, man? I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm on the Attitude Era right now. I've watched a lot of late '90s WCW lately. Um, I'm watching the Attitude Era, uh, <clears throat> sort of in those, in those reigns. I mean, I, I, you know, it, you name it, we'll discuss it, and then you tell me what you think, well, and then I'm going to disagree with it. I don't feel like I dug myself a big enough hole this week. The greatest superstar from the Attitude Era is the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now. So I will debate with you. That we're going to go Rock, Austin Rock. We're going to go Austin Rock. We're going to stay WWF. Uh, I will take Dwayne's side in a heartbeat. My first ever memory uh, getting into wrestling as a kid is my mom bought me an action figure with the Brahma Bull shirt on, and it was him. He was doing the eyebrow on the, the action figure. That's what got me into wrestling. I was never the Austin fan. All my friends were, dude, it's Austin 316, man. He's raising hell. Nope. I like the flashy sunglasses. I like the Brahma Bull. I liked heel rock. I liked face rock. I really, I don't think uh, you're wrong. I, you can't go wrong by saying the rock. You know, I, you just you can't go wrong with that. Um, but Austin was the, Austin was the biggest, and yeah, well, well yeah, absolutely. We'll go we'll, with we'll that. Go I mean, that. We'll go with that. Um, I appreciate. I liked heel rock. I, I, I liked face. I didn't like two thousand face rock. I didn't. Um, even, you know, at that age. But I was kind of at that age, though, where I was, like, I was still into wrestling. Nobody else was yeah. around that time. You know what I mean? Um, Cena was the face when that was the case for me. Yeah, so, I mean, I, like, I, nobody else watched wrestling. Me and my brother did. Um, you know, and even he was kind of in and out. I kept him sort of in it. Um, I just didn't really like 2000s face rock. Um, you know, I, I really like Kurt Angle, 2000, around that time. Um you know, he was really overlooked in 2000. He made it in WrestleMania, obviously, but Paul White in 2000 was good. Early 2000. Man, his weight fluctuated yeah. up and down so much, and they just they did. When he came back at Rumble 2001, though, that was good. That was a pop. You know. Yeah, yeah, he looked good. I mean, I, but yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it, man. Rock um, Austin. Rock and Austin. Um, favorite. You know, we'll talk at great length about it next time. Um, and, probably and, next and where week. this is individuals, we can we can compare best matches. Sure. Uh, we can, and obviously their best matches were with each other. Um, you obviously had uh, Austin and Hart at Mania '97. Um, I, I think that match probably is one of my favorite of all times. Uh, the it I've never. You talk about double turns, you know, and you see it. And um, I try not to get on Reddit. I try not to get on Squared Circle yeah. because people are just ridiculous. But I try not to get on there. I'm a member of a local Facebook page, Royal Ramble. Uh, you know John Covey Cole? I don't. He runs this page. Uh, he added me. He saw me commenting on some stuff. Today the, the topic was, what's your favorite match? And I put down without hesitation, Rock Austin at Mania 17. Um that that is my favorite match, and uh, it's it's the two topics of discussion. So, all right, well, we'll talk about it. Greatest video package of all time: WrestleMania 15, uh, Rock and Austin. 
Um, Limp Biscuits, My Way. Limp Biscuits. That's was, seventeen. That's that's. The oh man, yeah, that's what I meant. Seventeen. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen was their first go round. Yeah. Though that was Rock entering the main event. WrestleMania seventeen, and then nineteen is an amazing match. Uh, nineteen was a fantastic match. Um, honest to God, one of the first times as a fan, aside from uh, deaths of wrestlers and different things, but one of the first times that I was watching. Uh, a wrestling match and legitimately and this sounds ridiculous sort of got choked up uh, because I watched and I saw what had happened Um, you know I saw I knew for whatever reason I don't remember if I saw it on the internet the speculation leading up to it but when Austin came out and he had OMR on his vest I knew one more ride Um, and then the way Rock stayed on top of him and you could see him say the words thank you and Mm -hmm. I love you and then Rock Get so choked up what as he was leaving, um, I knew that that was it. I knew Austin was going to work anymore. Um, no matter what side you take, obviously those two meant a lot to each other. Oh, and 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 and, and a rivalry between the two of them. And I think that's what you know. I li- I like Triple H. I really do. And you know, I overlook some of the shitty stuff um, that that people get all over him because he's doing a good job with NXT. I think his heart's in the right place at this point. Maybe it wasn't always. But I think that Austin and Rock had a gigantic personal rivalry backstage. They liked each other. They got along. Um, but, you know, it's pretty well documented that they had a rivalry with each other. Yeah. Who's going to be the biggest star? Part of my problem with Triple H, I guess, is that um, he sort of shit on people more publicly. <laughs> and you hear that a lot, that he, you know, he had legitimate heat with Rock for a while. And he had legitimate heat with Austin. Um you know, and those guys made Triple H. Yeah. And, and everybody understand. And at that time, everybody was making so much money. You needed each other, you know. Um, I watched Rock today in 98 on a Raw um, uh, take a pinfall loss to X-Pac on Raw. Like, Rock was, you know, red hot, man. Like, had lost to Shamrock at King of the Ring, but was still climbing the card. You could feel it. You could see it. And then three weeks, month later, he loses to X Pac on Raw. He, ta- he takes a loss to you know you know 195 pound kid. <laughs> For um, context, Reigns pinned Balor last night. If Balor would have pinned Reigns, that still would have would not have been nearly as big of a deal as, as X Pac beating Rock. Yeah, I mean you know, and that's what and, and Jim Ross put it over. He's like, man, I, you know, X Pac stunned the Rock because it, it was. Um, but it, it just he took that loss, but it didn't. He it did not. I would argue wins and losses. I don't think wins and losses at the core matter. Um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I'm of that camp. I guess I'm I'm that old now. Wins and losses don't matter. Did that hurt Rock in 1998 to lose to Xbox on Raw? No, because we're sitting here talking about it. No, know. it yeah. didn't. You know, you know, had had Ballard beat Reigns last night, the internet would have rejoiced. And then when Reigns won the world title at SummerSlam, everybody would have said, but Balor beat him on Raw, whatever. Don't care. Um, I just think that people get so uptight about it, man. It's it's supposed to be entertaining. And the reason The Rock climbed the card is because he was entertaining. Um, and I'll close this off. Roman Reigns is somebody we vehemently disagree with. Bobby Lashley had a good match with Roman Reigns on Sunday night. You were there. You can't argue the fact that they had a good match. And I will not argue at all that Bobby Lashley carried him to a great match. You got it. Bobby Lashley has never carried anyone to a match. Um, Take a look at this. Sami Zayn is a fantastic worker. Yeah. Sami Zayn, did you care anything about the matches matches that Sami Zayn had with Bobby Lashley? The matches. Take the storyline that was ridiculous out. Did you care about those matches? Nope. Why? 
He just didn't. Right. Bobby was new. Okay, he was getting his feet wet again. Okay. So they put him in with Reigns, who obviously it's Reigns, and you want to see him lose. Lashley put on a good match. They both put on a good match. It was a good match. Roman Reigns is a good wrestler. Roman Reigns is not a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. Watching old wrestling should do nothing but solidify that, by God, Roman Reigns actually can't work, and it should piss you off. You like Batista. I like Batista. I was actually about to say earlier that that push at Mania 21 should have been Orton and not Batista. They should have done the story with Orton with Batista. Uh, Batista go over Benoit. The problem was... I don't know. You know what I heard today? Was uh, late last night, actually, about 2 o'clock in the morning. You know what I heard? Um, and then we'll cap this off. The Triple H push in 99 was supposed to be Dr. Death Steve Williams. Really? Dr. Death tore his hamstring in 98 at the god-awful brawl. And that's for even all. after losing the brawl. For all. That's what I was about to say. That's yeah, he tore his hamstring. Yeah. Um, it's never been disputed by anybody. I'm sure at some point. I would love for Conrad to ask uh, Pritchard about it. Pritchard will deny it. Um, when are they going to do a show about Triple H? That would be so good. I don't know. Get your chapstick ready. I just appreciate the hi, hi Hunter. <laughs> just, uh, I really do. I've listened to a couple of shows lately, and it, the Hi Hunter makes me laugh. But um, yeah. So anyway, all right, guys. Uh, hopefully, somebody listens to this. We're going to find a medium. We're going to get this out. Um, you will share it in We're your face. Tweet it out. We might make a Twitter. We're going to look into making. Yeah, a we'll make a Twitter. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get it into places, guys. Hopefully, you listen. Um, we'll tag ourselves. Uh, with I don't have a Facebook. Aaron has a Facebook. Uh, we each have Twitters that we'll do. Um, sure. We'll tag those things. We'll get that out. Hopefully, somebody listens. Until next time. Remember, this is the first time. This is the this is the beta. You know, we did it a couple of years ago. We know what we're talking about now. We know what we're doing. We have a format. Somebody's listening. We appreciate it. And I'm ready for next week. All right. Until next time.